And welcome to It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. It's here where we promise to bring you everything, every time, for everybody. And we are the weekly Sunday edition of the Michelle Meow Show. So it's always happy. I'm really happy every time Sunday rolls around and I'm able to speak out to you all and to have some wonderful guests for you as well. And as usual, you know, our, our, I think we try to have an eclectic group of guests, you know, to give you a little something varied during one episode on the show. And today is no different. Now, later on in our program at the latter half, we'll be joined by a couple of people in the film world. Uh, Stephen L. Cord will be with us. He's a director as well as a producer and screenwriter of a, of a new film called Ray. And he will all be joined by one of the lead actors in the film. Uh, his name is Larry Lavard. So we'll speak with them later on in the program. But to kick off today's show, um, I have a, a wonderful guest. But before I bring him on, before I bring him on, I have to say that I'm still writing on Cloud Nine because for those of you out in the world who know that um, we had our annual uh, SF Nightly. Uh, or night, was it Nighttime Nightlife Award show at the beginning of the week. And I happened to be nominated. And I happened for the first time win. I've been nominated many times. And I really did. Like, I remember getting up there and I, I said, you know, I thought I was going to be the Susan Lucci of drag because, you know, always nominated but never a winner. And I happened to take home the trophy this year. So I was really happy. Um, and I'm kind of riding on that still. So um, but thank you all out there in the world because I know a lot of you out there that listen to the program voted. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing so because it is it means a lot when you get an award when you know that the public voted for you and not, you know, just kind of a panel of people that, you know, you know, decide, oh, that looks good or that name sounds familiar, you know. But I, I had some people out there voting for me, so I appreciate that. So now I can get move on to the program. I got that out of the way, and I can bring on uh, my guest, who happens to be not only uh, – he, he, he's a host and does um, radio shows like I do, um, but he plays a lot of music. He's a DJ, and he's an author. I mean, I don't know where – I don't even know if he, he sleeps – uh, I'm speaking of Chase Knightley, and Chase, are you there? I'm here, and let me just extend the congratulations on your award. Oh, thank you so very much. I'll take that extension very... Um, now, you're in Massachusetts, so um, are you somewhere near Boston, or like... I'm, uh, I'm north of Boston, about a half hour or so north. Listen to that voice, everybody. I tell you, voice over king here. I, you know... <laughs> You know, I heard, I've heard so much about that, you know. Um, it's been called the Barry White of radio. It's called, what, 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 you know, what are some of the monikers you've been given because of that smooth, silky voice of yours? Uh, Barry White is the one I hear most often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I've, I've been told that it, my voice makes people feel certain things. Ooh, tingly, yeah. tingly things. Is that what you right. mean? Ting tingly things, right. yeah. I, I, As a matter of fact, that's how I got the job was my ability to say things like moist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Oh my god, moist. I like that. I like. <laughs> now, how long have you been actually in you know the radio doing your podcast and um, you know you're pretty pretty much um, syndicated. You, you're on several several um, different stations and whatnot on 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 air with your shows. How did you actually even get started with that? Because I'm going to get into your you know paranormal. Um, research and all that kind of stuff, um, and I think that you know, probably takes up a lot of your time. But when did all the music and the radio hosting become a part of your life? Uh, it happened actually pretty much by accident. I was being interviewed on a show back in 2012, mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I was being interviewed is because that was when my first novel came out, and I was being interviewed as part of the release for that. And about halfway through the show, the station manager from the first station I ever started on uh, was, like, frantically emailing me, saying, oh, my God, I want your voice on the radio, and so on and so forth. And I really never thought about it up until then. And uh, I started my first show latter half of 2012. It was on a rock music station. Uh, and I did that for several years. And then, again, quite by accident, found myself on Sobel Radio. Uh, all because of a New Year's Eve conversation that involved the word moist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure that was a conversation with the one and only Barbara Sobel, so she probably, Indeed. you know, and, and, and she we're ran with that. Guy. She ran with that moist, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. She probably had it recorded, and she has it on replay as we she speak right well. now, right? <laughs> very well. Yeah, actually, it was uh, during uh, Nice Guy Eddie's New Year's Eve, yeah. Eve show. Yeah, I love Nice Guy Eddie. Been and on the show. I happened to, uh, I just happened to be on there, and they were like, oh, why don't you call in, you know? So I called in, and, and before the end of the program, uh, everybody that was involved in the show had me reading passages from different things, everything from Dr. Seuss to Fifty Shades of Grey. Just to hear your voice. Just to hear the voice. You know, like, I, I'm shocked. Somebody said, here's the telephone book. Can you just go... We know, <laughs> you know, down, and we want the complete name, address, and phone number to be read. Uh, you know, but uh, right. yeah, and I'm. But had your voice always been this? I mean, you know, because you're 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 a young guy, and I I can almost see you like going through like middle school and high school, and and your voice was much bigger than you were. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, right around the age of 14, 15, that's when it Like the puberty hit in, huh? And you, you puberty hit in, and that was it. And, you know, if you actually see pictures of me, you would never connect the picture to the voice. Well, I I, I kind of, I, 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 well, I have seen your pictures, of course, and I, I kind of agree with that. I, I don't think I would have met, like, if we, oh, this would be a good little show for us to do, huh? So this would be a good show for our radio shows. Like, we have people call in, you know, send in their pictures, and then we have all these people, and we'll try and match the pictures that were sent in with the voices that called in. That might be a right. good little little radio game going on there. See, we, we look, game show. Yeah, we could have a little game show. We could do a kind of a bi-coastal, you do it there, and I do it out here, and, we, you know, we could get this going there, Chase. Absolutely, I think I think that's a fantastic idea. Now, one thing that I think is interesting is because you you have you have a quiet and eclectic taste in music because your shows kind of cover you know rock, metal. You even do an '80s um, music type. Of, so you kind 
is that true to how you are as far as your taste in music, or you just kind of hit upon trying to cover a bunch of interests, or, or are they your personal interests? I would have to honestly say that everything I play, I love. Okay. I'm, I'm like all over the place with my music. I can, you know, one day I can be sitting there listening to uh, the old crooners, you know, Frank Sinatra and so on, uh, and then the next day I'll be listening to techno mixes, and, and then somewhere in between there I'm listening to hard rock. So it, it depends. I think music is a vital part of all of us, mm-hmm. and I think if you can get yourself to a point where you can experience all sorts of that, it's only going to open up your world. Yeah. But how do you keep up? I mean, I don't know. I just find it sometimes, like even when, you know, I do, uh, you know, of course, um, interest stories with, you know, uh, different guests all the time. And I know I find it very hard because I have interest in so many subjects to kind of keep up you know, my, my pulse on what's really going on right now, you know, because there's so much to cover. There's so many things going on out there. I just don't try and, you know, the show is called It's Everything for a Reason. But right. so so even with you kind of listening to all of that type of music and trying to keep, you know, your pulse on, you know, not just the oldies but goodies, but also, or do you try to just kind of say, well, you know, if I stay in a genre of like the 80s or I stay... Um, kind of old rock and old metal, I don't necessarily have to always be up on what the latest stuff is out there. Um, or does your show, you know, focus on the whole wide range? You got, you know, the current I, top I, 40 as well. Everything. I oh. do, yeah, I do. My 80s show is called One Hit Wonders. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if I had to narrow it down, I think that's when I really came into the music, the light of music, you mm-hmm. know, and that's when it really drove me is because, I mean, the 80s was such a fantastic decade. Yeah, I mean, it, you know. it is, and I don't, and you say that, and I, you know, we hear that all the time, and it is, I, I go to a lot of 80s nights, and, and 90s too, there's a lot of 90 mm-hmm. club nights here in, in San Francisco, and it is always, like, floors me when I'm looking at, you know, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, right. And particularly on 80 night, and they are singing the songs that are being played, and they know yeah. every freaking word, every yeah. breath, every doo-wop. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can't say that for a lot of current music, where you know they might know the chorus, but the other stuff they they don't they don't really know right. all the words. Right. And I think that's always music interesting. Music had that that way of just grabbing you and pulling you into it. And, you know, and I think that's always been my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Rock music is something I listen to all the time. I, you know, it, it, for me, it always depends on mood. Whatever my mood is for that day, that's what's going to be playing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could change half a dozen times throughout the day. So, with me, I think you were right when you introduced me, saying that I never sleep. <laughs> I really, I don't, because I mean, I'm a, I'm a radio DJ. I'm an author. I'm a paranormal investigator, but what a lot of people also don't know is I'm also a Buddhist monk. Yes. And I was recently ordained as a minister. I'm the head of an entire ministry. Wow. Yeah, see, so I, I really don't. And on top of that, I'm, I'm going to college for uh, to upgrade my degree in psychology. Uh, okay, well, how does... Uh, we're, we're, we're going to get to the, I want to get into how the paranormal investigating and the Buddhist monk things kind of 
go to get yeah how do those (laughs) come i wasn't always a buddhist monk i've only been a buddhist monk now for about five years Mm -hmm. um but 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 they don't they don't on the surface match do they well now a lot of people wouldn't think Mm -hmm. but buddhism especially the type of buddhism that i follow is all about the human energy and it's all about knowledge and understanding okay and we believe that we are made of energy, mm-hmm. and when we pass from this life to the next, there's going to be some of that energy left behind. So as a paranormal investigator, that's a small part of what I'm actually, I also uh, investigate ufology and cryptozoology, but as far as afterlife, we can find traces of that energy. And it helps us to more or less prove the case that we are energy. We're all part of the same universe. And when we pass, traces of that energy are going to be left over for whatever reason. Okay. And, and that's... But as religiously speaking, it doesn't... Right. I, you would think, religiously speaking, it really doesn't. But the thing about uh, Zazen Buddhism is that there's no God involved. Mm-hmm. There's no deity involved. There's no higher power spiritual beings. We believe that if, you, if you're seeking a higher power, you can find it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, now you've, have you written, I know you've gotten, how many books do you have out now? I have two out at the moment. Now, is one of them, um, are they both about the paranormal? Or um, uh, one, of, no, one of your books or one that you're working on, you are working on a nonfiction, correct? I am. Uh, this one coming out this year will be my first nonfiction book, and it's all about my journey through Buddhism. Okay. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? Got to get some messages out there, and then when we come back. Let's let's visit a little bit about your novels and what you've got coming up, and and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the music and, and where we where we can find you and that beautiful voice of yours. We'll be right back with Chase Knightley here on It's Everything. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. 
Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. I hope you enjoyed the messages that we so proudly present to you during the breaks. Um, you're, if you're just now joining us, you you have just stepped into the middle of our my interview here with uh, Chase Knightley, who is a uh, radio guy with a couple of shows out there. One Hit Wonders is an 80 music show that you uh, that you chase uh, have out there. What 80smusiclines.com is that? Is that correct? Uh, 80s music lives. Lives.com, okay. Yeah. Can't even read my own notes. Terrible there. And then uh, the one on Soul Nation and, and Dance Radio, um, you do that liquid. called Pride Time Radio. Pride Time Radio. Well, all of the. Now, all, well, on the Pride Time Radio show, are all the artists on there um, that you play LGBTQ or. It's just music that you know. The majority of them mm -hmm. uh, are, uh, although I don't discriminate. Right. You know, well, anything I, that we'll I, tap I, our foot to is what I, you know, you know. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, years and years ago, uh, I was a DJ in the nightclubs back in the '90s and everything. So I've, it's any anything that's going to get you moving is going to end up on my show. Well, the, well then that's why you just need to turn off the music and just start talking. That'll get you tingling. <laughs> okay, if you want to, if you want to talk about movement, but <laughs> okay, you, you're making my day. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, I'm so happy. I uh, see. Just stop. Just stop. Don't even say that. <laughs> um, but you also, everyone out there, if you missed out earlier, that he's you're also Chase is also an author and has done already a couple of books out there, um, the Lost Whispers and Jeffrey Smiles, and are, those are two different. I would imagine based on what I've been reading in the. Uh, in the narratives yeah. of the books, yeah. Jeffrey Smiles was my first novel. It's a horror novel. Uh, it's about a young man who believes that he has supernatural powers, and eventually that belief drives him crazy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's that, yeah. that's probably really good. <laughs> and it and, and it was not an autobiography. No. Okay. <laughs> not that you're aware of. <laughs> Um, and then what about Lost Whispers? Lost Whispers is actually, uh, uh, it's a bunch of different authors that got together, and every story in Lost Whispers are actual truthful events that have happened within the paranormal community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, my story in there is called Welcome Home, and it's about an investigation that I did at the famed Denver State Hospital here in Massachusetts. Wow. I've always, see, that's the kind of stuff that, and, and I like even like movies that have to do with 
you know, hospitals or insane asylums. I don't know if that's weird or not. Um, no, and I remember American Horror Story had a, they had a, a, a year, a season, you know, that took yep. place in, and that one was my best one that I watched, yeah. you know. Um, so what, what, what was the story really behind that hospital? Uh, my mother actually worked there as an administrator when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, for lack of a better term, I grew up there. You know, I mean... So you know crazy when you see crazy. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I can spot crazy as far away. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she uh, she was an administrator there. I would go there during summer vacations, and I would spend the day there and everything because the actual hospital itself sits on about 100 acres of property. And, wow. Yeah, and there's all sorts of, like, playgrounds there and things like that, and, and so it there were things for me to do, you know. Um, years later, after they closed, Denver State Hospital, <clears throat> excuse me, is so famous because it eventually became the model for Arkham Asylum. And oh. Arkham Asylum is out of the Batman series. Mm-hmm. That's where the Joker was, and that's where all the, right. all the criminals went, was Arkham Asylum. Right. Denver State Hospital was the model for that. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, so years later, after they closed everything down, I actually had a chance. Uh, it's funny, they've torn most of it down now, and it's condos. So uh, <laughs> That could be spooky. I don't know if I'd like that. Yeah, I, I, I cannot imagine that I would be living there, especially after, uh, you know, things right. that I've seen. But, right. Uh, you know, I went in, and I was lucky enough to be one of the last people to go in and do a paranormal investigation before they tore everything down. Uh-huh. I was walking through the halls, uh, a voice came out, and we actually caught it on an audio recording. A voice came out when I entered the room and said to me, welcome home. Oh, so that voice was there when you were probably a youngster. Right. Wow. Yeah, and then it just, you know. You should do a a TV show. No, really. Can you imagine your voice on a TV show too, and and a par- No, I think that you you need to look. Do you do you need to look into that? Because you probably have some great stories. Because your new book then is really is it kind of a combination? Now you said it's about your Buddhist journey. Right. My new book is is totally different than anything I've ever okay. done before. It 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 literally starts out with the reason I came into Buddhism and the reason I followed it the way I did and how I ended up to the position that I'm in today. And what what is it going to be titled? Or do you uh, have it's a title? The Single Step. The Single Step. And do you have an old Buddhist proverb that says even the longest of journeys starts with a single step. Yes, it does. And that's such a, that's so true. Um, and do you have a, a published date for that or I'm hoping uh, for the end of the summer. It depends. It's I've got a lot going on. Yeah, I've you got do. A lot of things happening. You so. do. And and your other. I'm hoping to have it out. And I know your other two, Jeffrey Smiles, and then your contribution to Lost Whispers are are available mm-hmm. on Amazon. They're uh, available on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes and Noble. Uh, I don't know about 
20 or 30 other places. Yeah, Kendall, I, I think I saw that on there as I did, you know, some research on there. And I'm so I'm sure this single step will be out there as well. Uh, we did mention that you're on Sobel Nation Radio um, dot FM. Um, and then the Dance World Radio dot FM. Dance World Radio, Rainbow Radio. Rainbow Radio. You're on you're on all the Sobel stations, so let's just put it out there that way. And um, and then the eighties music lives.com or lives, however you want to say that. Um, and that's for your one hit wonders show. That's for the one hit wonders show. Yeah. I do uh, Pride Time Radio is on Rainbow Radio, Dance World Radio, and Soul Nation Radio, uh, and also on Radio <coughs> Rainbow Radio. Uh, I started a new show. It premiered last week, and it's called Inner Light Radio, and it's a show basically. It's a talk show all about Buddhism. Oh, great! I will have to check. Buddhism. I might have to really tune in on that. I'm going to tune in on that. Well, I wish we had more time for you. You know, you, you're so interesting that a half hour just doesn't do you justice. Well, thank you. You know, we've always, we've always got always got more um, things that we could talk to you about, of course. But one thing that I do um, uh, want to remind people out there, definitely if you want to check out, you can just go to those um, uh, those lines, and we'll have it also up on on the um, uh, on my you know bbsweetbar.com, so you can follow it as well but um you can find the schedules because i know your schedules are varied on all these um occurrences of where your shows are yeah yeah you know yeah they're everywhere but but i so in enjoy speaking and i have to say um you made me moist well, I'm very <laughs> <laughs> okay chase you enjoy the rest of your week and um maybe Maybe when I listen into your Buddhist thing, can we call in on that? Uh, actually, they're pre-recorded. Okay. But, uh, you know, send in something on Facebook, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Okay. Take care, Chase. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be back with Stephen Cord, and um, we'll talk about his brand new film. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Hey. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW.
When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Sines, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care serving your community. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back. That was a wonderful break for us right there. We just got through speaking with my first guest, Chase Knightley, who is a DJ, a radio host, and an author, and a, a Buddhist monk. Uh, I mean, come on now. That's a, you're talking about a, a diverse career um, there. That's uh, definitely there, but it was wonderful to speak with them. And for those of you who did catch that, or most of that there, the voice uh, was, was everything. Uh, he is now, to me, the Barry White of radio. That's what we're going to uh, call. I, I, I'm sounding a little d- Demi Moore today. I don't. Do, do you hear that in, in my voice out there? I'm feeling a little d- Demi Moore um, um, uh, in my voice. I'm not quite for sure why, um, but um, oh, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I I did have a, a, sol- a sol- what do you call it? Um, I had a big celebration, there you go, the, uh, from winning an award or earlier in the week. And so I think it's taken its toll, um, giving my personal thank yous to everybody um, at all times. <laughs> but uh, but I kind of like it, so maybe I'll continue to do that every week and I can sound a little sexier on, on, the, on the line. So that's, that's, that's kind of uh, uh, a means to my madness there. But we're going to be joined here on our... Um, on our program uh, it, with uh, some film industry folks um, who, um, ha, ha, uh, well, at least a director, screenwriter, and the producer um, has put out uh, a second film because we interviewed him, um, oh, a few months ago, I think, I can't remember when, uh, about uh, another film that he put out there. But Stephen Cord is, is a wonderful uh, director, uh, uh, writer, and actor, because he, he also uh, portrays a character in, in most of his films. And I think we have him on the line. Stephen, are you there? Hi, baby. Hi. Welcome back doing? to the show. Thank you. You make a boy feel so loud. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm, re- I'm really glad that you are, are back at it. And, you know, it didn't take you too long to get your... Um, feet wet again um, after doing um, was it Don't Marry uh, Gri- Griff, right? Don't marry Griff, correct. Yeah, and which I totally enjoyed. And and, and what we did uh, on when we interviewed last time, we talked about you finding your kind of your signature as far as how you make films, and and in it you, you do kind of these these um, individual character interviews somewhat right. kind of like what we see yes. what well, we we kind of see a lot of that kind of in, in reality shows you know where there's some scene that takes place and then they take 
the, the people I was seeing and kind of give them an opportunity to make some commentary and some interview about what, what we just saw. And you kind of have that um, elements kind of in your fi- or in, in, in Griff when I saw that. But then now with your new film, Ray, I was very... I was very happy to see that you had it in again because I like that kind of uh, because it gives us, an, I think, a, a, a way to look into the character without all the confusion of all the other characters involved. And you, you really get to. Absolutely. I, yeah. And you did. So Ray is now your new film. And yes. I did. I did look at it, of course. I did look at I it, heard. of course. And this one's a, a little bit different from the first one it that because. Uh, even though it has a little romance part in it, that isn't the primary focus of the piece, if I'm not wrong. There's a lot of trust. Who do you trust? Um, how do you get? How do you make the decision in your careers to go in this direction or that direction? Um, so t- talk to me a little bit about this film. Um, you know, what is it about and, and why you, because this is a part of the trilogy, if I'm not mistaken, that you are trying to put together here, right? So, uh, this is not a part of the trilogy. Oh, it's not a part. Okay. Yeah, Don't Marry Griff is actually the trilogy. Okay, okay. Yeah. This film, um, well, I wanted to do something different because when I, well, I'm starting, you know, to build my brand and I want to create the hallmark for a lifetime for you know, gay gay men, mm-hmm. gay men and women, okay. uh, and everybody, mm-hmm. everyone's included um, under that umbrella. So this film, and you know that that's really easy for me to do the romance, and and I wanted to challenge myself this time. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create a film that was more personal um, about some of my experiences in New York, and I kind of wanted to make it funny. Well, how, so. Because this is about the the modeling industry, the male model, modeling industry. There's, you know, that's what the uh, the the main premise of the of the film. You have personal experience, and you're in it. You're in it as well. You play a model in it. But do you? Yeah. Is that true? You have some personal experience in modeling. I do have personal experience. I'm well, listen. Moved up. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, well, listen to that. Okay. I'm sorry. My phone is like going in. Um. Yeah, I came up to New York to become a model. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. How come? How we missed that the first time we spoke? Because we just focused more on my artistic acting. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is another layer to me, BB. Wow. I'll give it to you all in one sitting. So, so well, then that kind of changes my, uh, my <laughs> questioning because, so you, so this struggle, because the struggle is real for models. You know that. It is. The struggle is real, and your your main character Ray, you know, walks in kind of like probably like you did, moving to New York, and then getting involved with a couple of friends who are also aspiring models, and they kind of room together, and you know, of course, a whole lot unfolds throughout that. Um, was that kind of what you did too? You kind of shack, you know, shacked up with some aspiring models when you came to New York. That is my experience. I shacked up for like a month, mm-hmm. and um, I was going on to go sees. But uh, I went to one go see. Like, I kept hearing no, and, you know, you're not tall enough, mm-hmm. you're not good-looking enough, and you're not, you know, I kept, I don't want to say racism, but I wasn't getting booked. Mm-hmm. On cert- I was getting called, I guess, to certain auditions, certain go sees that I know I was good for other ones, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I did that for, like, a month, um, 
and I just kept hearing no, so I was getting sick of it, and I just couldn't deal with the the rejection, and and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Now the so character you play, though, um, Vester V, that you play in in the movie, um, it's kind of you know like you said you, it's it's kind of the comedy relief or the 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 diva the diva. The diva. Uh, the diva version of you know what I mean uh, of the the male model diva version there because you're over the top. Yeah, <laughs> he he's misunderstood. You know, misunderstood. No, you over the top. You over the top <laughs> on there, honey. You got a bodyguard. <laughs> Nino, the bodyguard. Okay, who uh, who un uh, who unlaces your shoes? Okay, that that ain't what a bodyguard supposed to do. Hey, when you protect me, you got to protect every part of me. Pr- protect them toes, huh? Yes, that's okay. right. You probably got them toes. If you're the supermodel that you claim to be in the movie, you would have had your toes insured, right? Because that could be money. Somebody step on <laughs> your toes. toes now. They are not insured now. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but you, so, so you, you're kind of that character, though. You play that character that really is kind of the extreme. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in, in some movies yeah. you do that, you, you kind of cover uh, both extremes because one of even I consider even one of the the male um, uh, roommates that uh, that Ray has at the beginning is somewhat of the real meek one um, I, I don't even know how to describe him or I can't even remember his name but he's really a meek one and I think he's the one who claims to have met Ray in college Franco okay so he's kind of like to me on the other end of the spectrum you know he's, he seems really really shy where the other roommate it's you know he's he's pretty forceful. He can be assertive, and he you know he can he's that wicked one that will stab you in the back, like smile on your face, and then go behind your back. Oh, that was such a good shoot! And then tomorrow he'll be talking to his other friends and say, "Oh, it was all messed up," and you know, exactly. you know. But the other guy was like just kind of meek and just trying to make everybody happy. I want everything to be okay. I'll be your cheerleader, and he ain't his own cheerleader. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but you got Vester B, and then you got that one, and then the other two are Ray, you know, and and the other guy are kind of in the middle there. So I so I see that. So you got to have that character there. Um, you do. Uh, you know, but none of the but none of the actors in this in this film are any of the actors from your other project. Well, yes, uh, Gary, who's actually on the phone, Gary Labot. Uh huh. Um, Hey. Oh, Gary, you're there. I didn't know you were there. Hi. We're joined by Gary Lavard, who plays who plays Ray. Uh, I'm sorry, I just oh, left you out. We, you know, just leave it. No, I, you know, I was entertained by your conversation. Uh, speaking of you in the third person, you know, and you were just so kind to not even speak up. So we, we are joined by Gary, Gary Lavard, who um, plays Ray, the title character in um, Stephen Cord's latest um, project called Ray, and that's sp- spelled R-A-Y-E um, on that. So, since you're, Gary, um, how, do, how did you find out about the, the role itself? Were, were you already familiar with Stephen or with, you know, some audition that you saw online? How did, how did you get involved with this project? So, yeah, so um, I worked with Stephen prior to Ray on Heartbreak's movie, and um, it was a, a small part, but him and I got the chance to sit down and really talk, like, during that time, and um, so we, we knew we wanted to do a project together, so he, he called me after that, and, you know, he told me about Ray, and of course I was excited, because Ray was a lot like my life, you know, minus the roommate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited about um, 
the project and even working with Steven because he's, he's great to work with. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's how I found out about it. And um, I came to New Jersey and we shot it, uh, what, over the course of four days, Steven? Three days? Uh, three four? days. Three days. Yeah, three days, and uh, and we got it done. So <laughs> now, now, where where do you normally hail from? Where do you call home? Since you're not from. So right now, I am actually in Atlanta. Oh, um, great! So there's a lot of film projects here. So I've been here for the past year, just kind of working as yeah. an actor. So well, and you, you, I, I was gonna. I, you kind of said, you know, this was a little bit similar to your life. So I'm, I, I, and I was gonna say that. You look like a model, so you you have modeled. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Isn't God good? No, he does. <laughs> you know, I was looking. You know, some of the because in the in the movie you do, you know, some still shots and and whatnot, and I'm like, oh, he right. looks really good. And of course, you know, you do you take his shirt. Okay, you take his shirt off while y'all out yeah. there. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> you take his shirt off. Right and he's standing, he's standing in front of, you know, a backdrop, and he got his shirt off. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, Mimi, when I knew, first of all, Gary was awesome to work with. Um, I I had to work out so hard right before the shoot because I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be against him on the screen. I need to have my body right. Okay. Because you were like, and you looked comfortable, so that's why I figured he must have model. You didn't look like. It didn't. You didn't look nervous at all. I mean, you're an actor, so you could also yeah. act not nervous. But so you did do some modeling, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I started off as a model before I started acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the early teenage years into my adult years. Um, I modeled different brands, and um, I started on like one way, and then eventually went over to print. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't know when they look at my films and they meet me in person. I'm six four. You know, so it's like the first thing that people people see or when they meet me, they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're, actually, you're really tall. tall. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So, but that's how I got my, my start, uh, runway modeling and then eventually print. Um, then some commercials came and then uh, expanded into acting, which is something I can't imagine with not doing, you know, so. So, um, so when you read the script then, you know, with, with Stephen writing this from you know, a personal point of view as well. And then you reading into it, you know, you really could relate to the language and to the scenarios I'm, I'm gathering. Right. And that's what made, you know, the project more, much more exciting to even work on because mm-hmm. I felt like it was something that was relatable to me as a person, you mm-hmm. know. And, of course, there were, there were parts that were not, that, you know, like I've never done, um, you know, I've never lived in New York. You know, mm-hmm. but I have good friends in New York who <laughs> shacked up in one one house, and you know I saw yeah. how small it was. And, well, and that's know, so and and that part's relatable weird. even to people who are musicians and things like that because that happened, you know, right. and you and you know that Stephen, like in New York or even in L.A., you know that yeah. you'll you'll find households that are you know five musicians all together. They don't play in the they don't play in the same band, but they're all out there trying mm-hmm. to get that break, you know. And all of that. I right. call humble beginning. Right. But how cut? But you really, you really focus on this cutthroat part of the industry that you know we hear, we do hear about. The public hears a lot about as far as how um, being in the fashion industry can be very cutthroat, and 
you know, so there's so few jobs and so many models, and so everybody's doing whatever they can do to get that one leg up on the next person. So, um, so and that's really a negative, you know, negative part. It, it, but you, you know, that's a big part of this this film. Did you? It is. And and it doesn't end in a way not to give what the ending is, but it doesn't end in a way that gives you any bright hope about it. Um, so did you think about that at all? About like when you were writing, it's like, did you want it to have like this um, uh, silver lining somewhere or, and it just didn't happen that way? Or is it, what real message are you trying to, trying to send out there about this film and using the film industry to tell it? Or the fashion so, industry to um, tell it? I guess when I wrote the film, what I was thinking about was because you're not modeled for like that month mm -hmm. and there was this French model and I forget his name but I'll never forget his face and the words that he said to me when I went to one go see and he told me he looked at me and he was like you know you're really ugly Ooh, and yeah. I wasn't as strong as I am now so that kind of crushed me and I cried and I cried for a couple of days so I kind of wanted to create this fester after that guy and I also wanted to mold him after, like, Naomi Campbell. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, the whole Tyra Banks and Naomi right. Campbell beast. Yeah, I wanted to do that. And plus, I wanted to throw a cell phone, but I didn't do that. Okay. But, I'm well, you could you could have hit that bodyguard with, I with hit the it. bodyguard. You could see it. We, we need to go to a quick break, though, so I want you to hold this thought about... Um, you know, the, the message you were going to tell through using this um, fashion industry uh, type film. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and I will be back joined again uh, with Stephen Cord and Gary Lavard. We'll be right back after this message. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at CommonwealthClub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face -face with today's thought leaders. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, 
Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. And we're back. This is BB Sweet Briar, and you're listening to It's Everything. We are the Sunday edition of the Meow, Michelle Meow Show. I always want to uh, skip Michelle because I just love that meow part on there. Yeah. But we're here, I know, right? We're here every Sunday, and we are being joined um, by two great guys who are involved with a wonderful film called Ray, and that's R A Y E, that is currently on Vimeo. On their um, uh, streaming direct, it was it called direct stream, direct whatever it is. You can rent it or yeah. you can purchase it. Uh, what I love about your uh, one thing, another thing I love about your films is they are definitely uh, short in nature, like 30, 40 minutes, something that we can sit down, you know, and get into, but it's not going to take us, you know, two and a half hours to get through it and, and make a comprehend, you know, get, get into it and all that kind of stuff. So if you have only an hour or half an hour to kill, you can find something to look at that's by Stephen Cord, right? Yes. Okay. I, I have bad ADD, so I can't sit there more. Okay, you're like I am, you know. Um, <laughs> definitely on that. So, so I do like that. I that I can get through it and and get something out. And you do have always these good these good messages about basically real in real terms is about communicating with one another and how to um, deal with your own feelings. Uh, and in those are common in, in all your films, and in this particular one. Uh, there's some elements of that as well. But before we went to break, you were kind of getting into, you know, what what messages out there by utilizing the fashion industry to tell this story? You know, what what were you really trying to say to people? Well, thanks for the thanks for the compliment. I appreciate that, and I hope to continue doing more and more. No, I don't hope. I will continue to do more and more. But um, what I want the overall message, what I wanted in this film was that. And so many people in different industries who have conflict with with each other, mm-hmm. people they don't even know. And I kind of want to show that there's room for everybody, that if you have a goal, go out there. Don't let anybody stop you. Um, love your colleagues because you never know that one person could help you out in some way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to show that, you know, Brotherhood is more important than, than rivalry. Yes. Yes. Our that is so true. Whatever. <laughs> but but then you, you but you also kind of show that there's a vulnerability that goes with that. Because um, you know, Ray, you know, Gary's character, you know, has to know who to trust. You know, I'm I'm sure uh, uh Gary that um Ray f- seems to think that he knows his roommates well enough to kind of, uh, or re- thinks he reads them well enough to know. I'm sure he doesn't expect what comes up, you know, as far as, you know, some right. uh, backlash um, versus right. his initial thought about the agent, which seems to be totally right. different than what it really was, you know, kind of like, ooh, this guy's probably a little shy. She wants to get in my, these polka dot underwear that I got on. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> That's what your initial thought was when in reality, this guy's pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, there's that vulnerability that goes in that's also a part of this. Right. 
Yeah, and another thing, too, like when I signed on uh, to the project, I kind of felt like it was being told from a realistic perspective, too. So I, I feel like for me, um, if I was watching the film, I would feel I would want to get that um, it, that this is the industry and this was where you have to be prepared for mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, almost a question like, is this something that you really want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I hope people would gather from it like oh man it's the industry really like this and so i need to research it or i need to see if this is really for me because a lot of times people think think that it's just about you know get in front of a camera and taking pictures and not realizing what actually goes into it um or the business aspect of anything um so yeah that's what i hope people take away from uh ray me personally yeah and it almost seems because this movie um, though short in time nature, it does cover basically five years or so um, from the time that we meet Ray to the time towards the end. But it ends in a way that it almost I almost feel like we really want to know more. Like, yeah, we, we, we want to know what. OK, Ray, you, you back out there, you know what, what we what's going to happen. Is there going to be some more revenge or are you going to be the good guy? You know, so. Is there going to be a, a sequel to this called Ray Two? Is it going to be like? Is this going to be like? Uh, was it uh, Rambo or something? Yeah, uh, you have to stay tuned. Okay. Oh, God, I hate that. And Stephen, you told me you supposed to get. Well, you did give me a, a heads up on this one. You did give me a heads up on this project, but um, but I I need more heads up on 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 Ray Two if Ray Two comes out. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, on that one. And are you going to always be in? Because I, for some reason, I I didn't know until I was like reading. I knew about the one, but I didn't know that you were going to. You were actually in it until I actually started looking at it, and then you know, of course, it, the names start coming up. I'm like, oh, Stephen's in the film too. So, um, is that also going to be a part of your trademark? Kinda, you know, that you're also going to be in each project. Well, like you and that Eli song, I'm trying to be the brightest star you ever know. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> I, you go. Um, no, I actually, um, I love acting, mm-hmm. and I, right now I'm focused. I have a couple other movies that I'm shooting within the next couple months, and I'm not acting in those, but I do have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of, it, it makes me feel good, like, when I'm on set, when I'm uh, producing. Like, I love problem solving and working the production so um i you know i i i see opportunity for myself in other projects but i don't think i want to do like a main role like i always want to do i mean there's no small roles only small actors i want to do something where i can uh practice my comedy Mm-hmm. My comedy. Yeah, because this one does have, have some comedy. Uh, Gary, you do really well on the subtle comedy there. You know, your eyes, you, you got some rolls in the eyes. And, you know, you know what I mean? You do, you do. I like, I like, you, you, I, I, I enjoyed watching you. Not, not, well, I enjoyed watching you too. But I mean, I enjoyed watching you just, just because of your characterizations that you would do. And, and it was like, yeah, that's exactly how I would do it. You know, I was like, I totally would give him yeah. the side eye and do that kind of stuff. You know, like I wouldn't give that person the time of day. Um, um, but and you that's did- why I actually put Gary in this film because when we worked in Heartbreaks and Soulmates, like although he was on the screen for a short amount of time, I felt like his character kind of added a lot of value to the story. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and his acting and that improv that he did, like I was like, oh, I have to work with this guy. So I couldn't think of anybody else but him. Well, oh, well, you d- you you done good. <laughs> you done good. Yeah, he's a great actor. Well, everybody out there. Get Oscar one day. Okay, I was gonna say, you know, and you too, Stephen. You'd be like Denzel, direct like Pence's. You know, he directed, starred in it. You know, he he, it almost happened. You never know. You never. never Maybe we better check that card. May not have said the right name on it. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about this movie. And again, this is on. Is it? Is it going to be only exclusively on Vimeo? Is that going to be? the only place so we're going to be able to... Can, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. No, go ahead. Uh, they can actually... Uh, they can get it on my website, coloroflovproduction.com. Or they can get it through Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to my website, it'll take you to my VHX page, which has my other films as well. So on your line, though, on your um, coloroflovproduction.com... Can they also rent it? Because you can rent it at Vimeo as well, and it's only a dollar. Yes. You know, and that's yes. you know, so so all you out there, you know, if you don't, you know, want to invest in like owning it, you it's only a dollar to rent it. I mean, so it's like getting on your iTunes and getting your ninety nine cent or whatever. It's really, and it's only thirty. It's only a thirty minute film, so it's so easy. To, to fit it in your busy schedule out there, y'all. I know you're busy, but, uh, you know, right. and it's only a dollar, honey. You can't even get Starbucks coffee for a dollar. So, Hello. Okay, so. <laughs> We're never too busy to be entertained. That's, that is so okay. true. That is so true. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have, what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to try and find a panel of models to watch the film and then have them on the show. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the okay. spot and then have you come back, and we are gonna put you I on the spot. That's that is not how. It, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Stephen. <laughs> but thank, thank you, Stephen Cord, for joining thank us, you. and congratulations on another great project, uh, Ray R A Y E. Everyone out there, and thank you, Gary, for joining us and um, you, telling us about your experience on doing the film and working with Stephen. And I hope to see a lot thank more you of much. you, and I mean that in an acting way. I hope to see a lot more of you. In the future. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, as always. And ladies and gentlemen out there, thank you for joining us on the show. We'll be back, of course, in another week with hopefully some more information. For Actually, I'll tell you, our next episode will involve some people involved with the Dino Weekend, which will be coming up in about a month. So um, we'll be back next week then. Until then, bye-bye. Lena. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years and uh, over the past couple of months I just opened up my club Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, could I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be 
in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude, um, just to entertain people. And so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity.